This is Anne Hill, and for Dream Talk Radio today, I'm talking with a dear friend of mine about his new book. This is Claude Poncelet, and his book is The Shaman Within, A Physicist's Guide to the Deeper Dimensions of Your Life, the Universe, and Everything. Claude, welcome. Thank you, Anne. It's a pleasure to be here. It's so lovely to talk with you. I know we've been planning this for a while. Your book came out in April. and yeah, June. Oh, in June. Okay, I got the the promo I got said April, so June. Yes, so, right. and now it's October. I guess the first thing I have to say is um, welcome, congratulations, welcome to the world of authorship, and how has the book launch been going? It's been going very well. Uh, you know, the, the, the sales record I got so far are very good. People seem quite interested, and this is both shamanic practitioners and people who do not know much about shamanism, and this is what my audience I hope to be. That at least I wanted, you know, anybody interested in in the spiritual aspect of this world. Right. <laughs> right. So I've been I've been very happy about that, and been doing uh, quite a bit of uh, book events around the Bay Area recently, and uh, these have been well received. Excellent. So I guess. Um, Let's tell people a little bit about your background. You have a PhD in physics. You're a scientist. You've been working uh, in the scientific field for years. How did you come to shamanism? Uh, that's, that's a very good question. Uh, I am a physicist, taught at the university, and I've also uh, <coughs> worked uh, on environmental protection with uh, both large corporations and federal government and state governments. And... Uh, <coughs> My uh, uh, connection with shamanism occurred uh, probably a good 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, I need to go back to really my childhood mm -hmm. because uh, I've had, which I think you have had and most people do, kind of unusual experiences, mm -hmm. you know, almost magical things mm -hmm. that happened in nature, but also uh, in the city or at home, mm -hmm. which I could not explain. And I, but they were wonderful, and I just said, okay, they're there. Mm -hmm. Even when I wrote my doctoral thesis in physics, which was a very theoretical thesis, and I talk about that in my book, uh, I had a very profound, mm -hmm. uh, unusual, non-ordinary experience. And as a physicist, as a scientist, I could never uh, reject those. Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, and it's important for me to say that because people ask me as a physicist, how can you mm -hmm. be also a shamanic practitioner? Mm -hmm. But the, the, the underlying foundation of science, as you know, is that the world tells us what it is. Yeah. We don't tell the world what it is. And, and so all the theories and models of science, including of physics, mm -hmm. are only as good as the world tells us through experiments, yes, the model is a good model, the theory is a good model. Uh, and so for me to reject experiences which occurred and were very real to me, even though I could not explain them mm -hmm. from a physics point of view, would have been unscientific. Yeah. Uh, and 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 it's it's much later, about thirty years ago, when I was introduced to the shamanic practice uh, by Michael Harner uh, in the Bay Area, uh, <clears throat> who reintroduced the shamanic practice in the in the Western world, uh, and <clears throat> it it 
gave me a framework that explained all these past experiences. And, and, and so it, my scientific background has been very helpful to me in my shamanic practice because I have a passion to explore this beautiful world from a physics point of view. I have a passion to explore what I've called the spiritual dimension of this world. Physics cannot do that, but a spiritual tradition can do that. And so physics and, and shamanism have been linked for me since, since the very start. So, so you study with Michael Harner, which I think most people would recognize the name, certainly anybody who's done any sort of, uh, anything called core shamanism, it, it, that's, that was his term, right? And was his term, yes. At the time, I remember it being somewhat controversial because the, the reigning definition of, sh of a shaman was somebody who was, you know, local, locally based in a community and and here was Michael Harner saying, well, no, actually, there's, there's what we call these core shamanic practices that, yeah. yeah. Many anthropologists, and this is still true today, although to a lesser extent, uh, have defined shamanism as it's an indigenous cultural, spiritual tradition, or yeah. sometimes not even a spiritual tradition, but they, it's just a tradition. Uh, the, now, what Michael did is to understand that, uh, you know, this was a very limited view of, of shamanism, that shamanism is really a global universal tradition. Uh, and I got there very quickly myself because I realized that my own ancestors mm -hmm. in Europe practiced shamanism. And there was, uh, you know, the, the Celtic shamanism, for my ancestors mm -hmm. were Celtic. And, uh, you know, I had been cut off from that tradition mm -hmm. by the, uh, you know, the, the Christian missionaries and, and the Roman invasions, but there was no reason why I should not try to recapture what my ancestors uh, did practice. So what Michael did is to, uh, after studying quite a few different traditions, is to call out what was uh, essential and similar in all the different traditions, mm -hmm. uh, the essence or the basic principles of shamanism. And what and that's what he called core shamanism. And you know in, in our Western culture we tend to get stuck on the external aspects of uh, indigenous practices, whether they be shamanism or other uh, uh, spiritual traditions. You know the feathers and the paraphernalia mm -hmm. and, and but this is the external, this is the liturgy, that's not the core mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, it's, it's as if one were to define uh, Christianity by, by the vestments that, and the hat that a bishop, you know, wore. <laughs> and, and, right. You know, this, this, is, this is what we've done, if you wish, with many of those traditions. Mm -hmm. And so Michael then uh, developed a program that would teach the core essence of shamanism as it is practiced in all these different traditions, using different practices, different mm -hmm. rituals, different adornments, uh, which are all cultural. Right. Uh, and he did that so that it would uh, uh, take it away from a specific culture. And uh, what I have tried, and, and by the way, I, I really think Michael did a great, great service 
in, in doing that and bringing him back into our Western culture where we had lost that ancient tradition. Mm -hmm. in, in my sense, what I've had a passion to do then in the past 20, 25 years or so, which I talked a great deal about my, in my book, was to uh, say, how can we adapt the shamanic practice, that is the basic fundamental principles, to our modern technological world, mm -hmm. our modern scientific world. Right. Uh, and this is what has been my passion. I think very important for us, you know, as we face so many crises in this society. Mm -hmm. So you, in, and in your book, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go into a, a great deal of, uh, of depth just talking with you about, you know, the aspects of, of I guess, the art of shamanism. You go into uh, the impec impeccability, the art of living, dying, of healing, shape-shifting, all of those various things. But I think what's, what uh, part of your unique... Uh, vision that you're bringing in this book is your work with uh, NGOs, organizations, government, corporations, and you talk a lot about going, uh, contacting the spirit of um, I'm not, I don't even know exactly what to call it, but the, of of groups, the spirits of groups, and working in a in a very I want to say practical way with the structures that in here in the US anyway and and in Europe as well that that sort of govern our lives that that create the flows of of wealth and income and energy and resources in our world can you speak to that type of work that you've been doing yeah let me let me do that and let me preface it by mm -hmm. uh for those who, who who are not very familiar with uh, yeah. shamanism recall that that you know there are two basic principles uh, which I found in other traditions. One is that uh, there is a sacred in this world, that everything on the earth is sacred. The emphasis in the past has been in nature, particularly, mm -hmm. and that it's not just us humans that have a soul, a divine essence, but everything has a sacred. I, I call that the spiritual dimension mm -hmm. of reality. And the other principle is that everything is interconnected, uh, which also other spiritual traditions uh, have done. The, what the shamanic practice does, uh, as opposed to other spiritual traditions, and there is no value judgment here, is it, it permits us through various techniques to contact or enter into that spiritual dimension. So we say we, we connect with the spirit, let's say, of a tree. That's the spiritual dimension of a tree. We call that a spirit. And, and so it, it, it's possible to enter in communication with that aspect mm -hmm. uh, and, and to acknowledge the sacred there. Uh, in, in, our, in my work at the university with cooperation, with technologies, with organizations and groups, I quickly realized that uh, the man-made environment itself has a spiritual dimension, is sacred. Uh, you know, organizations, groups, as you say, you know, are sacred when we talk about a tribe and having the spirit of that tribe, for example. Mm -hmm. Well, if you take a corporation, multinational, it's, a, it's, a, it's made up of individual human beings who all have a divine self. There is a 
spiritual dimension, a spirit to that organization. But the same for technologies. You know, a power plant, uh, you know, or computer, right. or cars, or cell phones, all have a sacred aspect to it. They are made of earth matter, all of these technologies, and we are part of nature, and we have just created those forms. Just like nature creates other forms, and we recognize it's sacred, well, we have created forms. We are part of nature. They have a sacred aspect to them. And so for me, it's been so important that we reconnect and acknowledge with the sacred in the mainstream of our modern world. That is the sacred in, in, in a corporation, the sacred in a technology. And it doesn't mean that we necessarily agree with what a corporation is doing or the or technology is used. But by acknowledging and recognizing the sacred, uh, we uh, ourselves, first of all, you know, are going to have a different uh, attitude in our use of the technology. We're going to have a different attitude toward the corporation. We may disagree with it and become an activist and try to change its ways, but we will do that in a sacred way. Which is much more powerful, mm-hmm. and 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 you know I I uh, I've worked a great deal in environmental protection uh, all my life as a scientist and as, as an activist and uh, both uh, with corporations with the federal government I've served on a number of presidential commission on on the environment and I uh, and you know it's clear that we are as a human species. Uh, endangering life on this planet mm-hmm. uh, through our destruction of the ecology and we are destroying one another through wars, violence and whatnot. So we do have major crises mm-hmm. and, and good policies, good laws, good regulations, new ways of living based on, on community and cooperation, all these are very important. I am convinced they are not enough. Mm-hmm. We will not resolve those crises unless we start seeing the sacred mm-hmm. in everything, the sacred in a technology, the sacred in an organization, the sacred in the other. Uh, and that's really been what has driven me to, to work and then write this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that yeah. answer your, your question? You know, I, and so I've practiced, you know, uh, when I worked for a corp- major corporation, I've practiced shamanic uh, work in there, uh, and and there was no books, or no one could tell me yeah. how do you do that. I clearly could not uh, use traditional practices like bringing my drum and a blanket or whatever it is, and a feather <laughs> and burn sage and whatnot. No, drumming in the boardroom? You haven't been drumming in the boardroom? I've not been doing that. And so I, and actually, I worked with spirits. Mm-hmm. With spirits of organizations, with my own spirit guides and others to obtain guidance on how to go about doing this. So I needed new practices that still uh, were based on the formal principle of shamanism, the sacred in everything, the interconnectedness of everything and the contact with the sacred, but were adaptable to a modern world. So I needed practices that were quick and rather low-key, so that, you know, I, I, I would not 
you know, <laughs> disturb what was going on. Right. People were saying, what, what is he doing? And it's been amazing how this has helped me be more effective in my work, mm -hmm. but also brought in, uh, you know, had impact on the energy yeah. of where I was working. And one can do that uh, in, in, in a family, in, in a small practice, and as well as in a large corporation. Yeah. Well, I mean, at its very essence, being the grounded, centered person in a room, ha holding that presence, difficult to do, is incredibly transforming to the group as a whole. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the uh, practices I, I received from Spirit and I used uh, quite often I, I, in, in my corporate and, and government work, I call that uh, uh, word doctoring. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. And, and now it's, it's a practice that whose purpose is to bring about more harmony to a situation, to an event. So I may be in a meeting discussing very difficult issues with a lot of people disagreeing. Mm -hmm. And so this is a practice I could do uh, you now to uh, uh, help bring about more harmony to the situation. And it, it, it consisted, and it took me about 30 seconds to do that, to do a, a quick acknowledgement of the sacred four directions, the sacred four elements, and then to ask for a word, which would be a sacred word. And then I would receive that word, it would come in my mind right away, and I would put that word in uh, a sentence, I would say, in whatever I would be saying to the group. Uh, sometimes it would be a challenge and a bit of fun, because the word usually had nothing to do with the situation at hand. So it, 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 you know, it was kind of fun to do that. Uh, and, and the word, the sacred word, uh, had the, the power for those who wanted to hear it, yeah. to bring about more harmony. And, and, and here I want to bring an important aspect mm -hmm. for me in the book, mentioned impeccability, it, which is ethics. Mm -hmm. And uh, and one of the key aspects of ethics, which is so important for me, is particularly as we start working in this modern world, is that we have no right to uh, manipulate anyone or any situation uh, without permission of 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 people in the in you know who are part of that situation. We we cannot impose anything. I cannot impose more harmony mm -hmm. on the situation. That is not ethical. What I can do, which is what this practice does, is to make an offering. And the word that I that has come, which is a sacred, powerful word, uh, comes out there and it's an offering. Mm -hmm. And for those through their own spirit, divine self, you know, kind of hear the word and want to use it for more harmony than they do. Mm -hmm. So it's it's an offer that mm -hmm. is made, and and this is the the and and all the work I've done has always been in that line, and I really encourage everyone to go that way. Uh, we make offering this mm -hmm. way, mm -hmm. and uh, but it's been amazing as I've seen the the, the result, as you said, the, the changes that can occur in a room, and uh, and people uh, somehow. You know, knowing that, hey, there is something happening. They may not understand yeah. it themselves, but, you know, they take it and go with it. Most of it probably not even very consciously. Mm -hmm. 
So I, I like this this piece about you need to have permission and and framing things as offerings rather than manipulating or imposing one's will on a situation. And um, and you speak also in your book about the importance of doing that in individual healing, you know, yes. not imposing my view of healing on somebody else. So how would that work? Now let's take a really tricky, basically uh, it's life-threatening situation that's that's entering the public consciousness now. It's complex in that it involves economics, energy. I'm I'm thinking about climate change. Mm -hmm. So you have a very strong and growing environmental movement. Uh, you have reliance on fossil fuels. You have the push to get into more renewable uh, and there's been many meetings at a global level um, it involves very powerful industry interests how would you uh, take how would you approach that issue and hope or, or work for more more progress now would you start with the assumption that the best outcome is to reduce carbon emissions as quickly as possible? Uh, in doing my shamanic practice, I would not. Oh. My own, in doing policy work yeah. or, you know, uh, NGO work or, or police or, or, you know, activist work, yes, absolutely, this is what mm. I do. You know, this is what okay. I believe. This is what my mind concludes. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, if, if I do, and I call this world work, mm -hmm. my book, some work where I invoke the help of spirits, okay, uh, what I always would ask is that, uh, and we need to ask if we want their help, you know, the work with spirit is one of cooperation, mm -hmm. uh, is, is to bring about the most appropriate outcome in light of the welfare of the whole, mm -hmm. of the one. You know, knowing that spirits know better mm -hmm. than I do. And so I, I need to, and I need to do that also without any judgment uh, about who's responsible and who's doing that, you know, because these, you know, any judgment or any uh, absolute, uh, 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 you know, thinking or belief and whatnot, uh, Create separation, mm -hmm. okay, and it's and, and therefore, you know, goes again a spiritual resolution, a spiritual harmony. So and it's not easy. It is not easy to uh, <laughs> give you an, an example, not not having to do with well maybe with climate change, but I when I <clears throat> you know I taught many workshops uh, uh, along these lines. And uh, back then, when uh, 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 the president preceding or current one, uh, George Bush, there were a lot of people who were not happy with what he was doing, particularly for the environment mm -hmm. and whatnot. And, and often they would ask me in workshops, can we do something, you know, to change him? Can we do something to, to change what he's doing and whatnot? And I would have to explain to them that, no, that's not ethical. We, we cannot do that. And what I would propose we do, which uh, kind of shocked them, it says, why don't we do a brief journey uh, 
you know, a shamanic journey, uh, and I explain how to do those in the book, mm -hmm. uh, and, and go and meet the high spirit, the divine essence of George Bush, his soul, which is pure, which is divine. I bet and you just, got instant buy-in on that one, right? And, and, just, and just acknowledge it. Bless it, acknowledge it, and that's it, and then come back. Mm -hmm. And yes, you should, I mean, I, people almost <laughs> threw me out of the room. Or Money whatever. back guarantee, right? <laughs> I, I really had to explain that, that, you know, in a situation like this, uh, where the ethics is that we have no right, no matter how much we disagree, to manipulate somebody from the outside. And we have a choice. Either we acknowledge the divine essence of the person we disagree with, or we send out hostile vibes. Mm -hmm. And I said, which is going to create more negative energy in the world? Or sending negative energy to him? Yeah. Or sending positive energy to him? You know, and, and I think when people see that, you know, then they realize that, uh, you know, that... that uh, uh, it, it's important when we do this work to, to keep the ethics there, the, the principles of non-separation. Uh, you know, I on climate change. You know, I encourage people. And I do that to, uh, uh, you know, do a journey in, and contact the spirits of petroleum. You know, it's it's a basic. You know, there's some indigenous tribes called called, called the petroleum. You know, the 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 blood of the of the Pachamama of the earth. You know, and then they're upset that you know we would pump it out, which I agree with. You know, but you know it it is a circle. We can we can. I have learned a great deal about mm -hmm. you know the the spirit of petroleum. Finding out, okay, what is it? as an individual that I can do because the only thing I can do is what I can do myself. I can't mm -hmm. force anybody else to do anything, but what mm -hmm. can I do myself to, uh, you know, honor the sacred in the petroleum and therefore start using it in, in a way that, uh, uh, and I think it's that step we have to do and it's, it changes one's life when one does that. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, ultimately, that's what will bring a change, is when enough people... Now, if enough people saw the sacred in fossil fuels, you know, I think we would see the end of fossil fuels very quickly. You know, it, it, it's kind of a radical view, perhaps, but I really believe in that. And, uh, and yes, and looking at, you know, the powers out there and, 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 and the money and everything we need to go against is, is sometimes can lead to despair. You know, but, you know, we have all faced different situ uh, situations in the past, and I think that uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, history has shown that if you get enough people you know, from the ground that approach something in a different way, yeah. without judgment, uh, you know, without hostility, because this all brings negative energy, doesn't, doesn't help, but in a positive way. So in a sense, you're, uh, I mean, your book is about bringing the sacred, the, the sacred dimension to ordinary reality, but in a sense, you're also drawing a, a more distinct line between the two. In other words, in our work in the world, 
Sure, advocate for policy, uh, you know, demonstrate, sit in, you know, get involved, whatever those things may be. But in terms of spiritual work, what you're saying is you need to take the very long view. And in your book, actually, I think that's one of the great strengths of it is, you know, you go into great detail about, okay, let's let's step back from our position here in the early 21st century as humans on planet Earth. Let's move out to the galaxy. Let's move out to, you know, the, the, the vast reaches. Let's talk about time and space. And so what you're doing, in a sense, is taking your spiritual work to that, the place where you can be objective and you can approach the spirit of things or the essence of things without uh, encumbrance or the necessity that we feel based on what we see is going to, uh, has to happen in order to prevent flooding of hundreds of thousands or millions of people's homes. Do you see what I mean? It's sort of drawing a little bit more of a line rather than saying, yes, spirituality is part of your everyday experience, but you're, there's, I guess that's where the impeccability comes in. Is that how you see it? Yeah. And, and, you know, and I do see a relationship, however, between say, my spiritual work and my ordinary activism mm. work, because they influence one another. Uh, and, and I'm, and, and, now, impeccability comes in here, very important. For me, impeccability is, you know, uh, it's a difficult term to, to describe. It's like democracy or sustainability, you know, it, it is a, and you never quite get there, okay? But you need to strive for that. And, and that, that means for me being always in harmony between the spiritual and the secular. Mm-hmm. Having that harmony in whatever I do, now, whether I'm washing dishes, you know, or, or teaching a workshop, uh, or writing my book, you know, all, all that uh, needs this this harmony between the sacred and the secular. It's doing things right. Uh, you know, it, it's it's not perfection, you know, <laughs> at all. It's really striving to do that right. Mm-hmm. And what's I realize become very important through my own work and realization is that uh, while I needed to be impeccable in my spiritual work and not manipulate and, and not have my ego come in, mm-hmm. uh, but just my soul, my divine self being involved, uh, which is a lot of work to do, <laughs> we all know that, I also realized that I could not be impeccable in that spiritual work if I was not also impeccable in my ordinary world. Mm-hmm. That's because I'm one and I'm one being. I'm not a soul over there and mm-hmm. a body, ego, mind over there. I'm one person, one being. And I need to be impeccable in both sense. And so the, the my work as an activist, for example, uh, you know, my spiritual work, my world work has influenced, you know, how I am as an activist. And I think mm-hmm. made me much more uh, effective, you know. Uh, I realized that that by pointing fingers and 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 really sending negative, hostile energies to people or organization and whatnot, I wasn't being very effective mm-hmm. in trying to change what I thought was, you know, was necessary. Uh, and so, so the, you know, there is there is a relationship yes. between the two. 
uh, and I see that in more and more people, where that you know that that is happening. That that we realize that. Uh, um, I mean, in my book, where I in, in I have a chapter on, on the environment. And I talk about climate change in, in there, and trying to go back also into not in the future into the cosmos as mm -hmm. I do in another chapter, but back in you now since probably. Uh, 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 agriculture or, or right. pre-agriculture time and say what is it in us humans that uh, has made it as, as a species on this earth to be so destructive of the environment of one another and I uh, and I come up with a number of beliefs uh, uh, that I outlined there but they all I could summarize into one word which is anthropocentrism Anthropocentrism. Mm -hmm. Seeing us at the center of this world as having more value than mm -hmm. any other species or any other being or anything else on this planet. And it is so anchored, particularly in Western culture. It is not in indigenous cultures. Mm -hmm. they, they do not see themselves as more valuable mm -hmm. than a fish or, or, or a tree. You know, there is... Uh, and I think that... that that's a key thing we need to understand as in the, in the Western world is how that anthropocentrism has really pushed us to be so destructive toward the environment and leading to things like climate change. Mm -hmm. And so again, you know, the, 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 the seek, seeing the sacred, you know, evoking the shaman within, mm -hmm. uh, in nature uh, can really, and in technologies, help us uh, get away from that anthropocentrism, mm -hmm. so that we are no longer the most valuable species, you now the most evolved species. I mean, I, I mean, as a scientist, I, you know, when I see, and it's still in, you know, uh, taught in many uh, mm -hmm. books, that we are the most evolved species on this planet, and I say, okay, as a scientist, I mean, look at the facts, okay? You know, a whale has a bigger brain than we do, Okay, uh, uh, who's destroyed this planet and who has not? Mm -hmm. You know, are we the most evolved species? Look at what we're doing. We, we, have, the, life. we have the printing press, therefore we, <laughs> history belongs to those who write the books, right? <laughs> and, and you know, it's, it's, uh, and that's what I say. I think we, what I find is we're different from other species. Yeah. No, I, I've gotten to the point uh, which I really value for myself because it's taken a big weight out of my shoulder where I don't think of myself as any more valuable than, than a flower, a tree, a deer, for matter, for that matter, an insect. You know, we're different. Okay, I have a different role on, on this earth, and, but we're, we're equal. We both have a sacred aspect to ourselves and have a different role. And I think that what I've realized, and you know, so have other people, what really makes me very different is that I'm the tool maker by excellence. Mm. You know, no other species, other species make tools, but no species make tools like we have. But the printing press is a tool, language is a tool, science is a tool, mathematics is a tool, because all our technologies. Mm. And uh, the, 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 for me, the challenge we have as a species is how can we learn to use that tool-making ability uh, 
to further life and harmony on this mm. planet mm -hmm. and further uh, cooperation, coordination and love within the human species. You know, and, and, uh, and to me that's the challenge we have. And you know, in my humble opinion, I think by recognizing the sacred in the other, in technologies, in nature, mm -hmm. I think is one way where we can start getting away from the anthropocentrism mm -hmm. and you know, start using our tools in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I'm optimistic, I think it will happen. Mm -hmm. We Makes may sense. do some, quite a bit of damage before we get to the end, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. uh, but the importance is that we ultimately change. Yeah. Well, uh, your book, The Shaman Within, a Physicist's Guide to the Deeper Dimensions of Your Life, the Universe, and Everything is, is a wonderful offering to that end, and uh, may it be so. Uh, Claude Poncelet, really a pleasure speaking with you about your book. Thank you so much. That wraps up another Dream Talk Radio podcast. I'm Anne Hill, and you can find my past shows at dreamtalkradio.net and on iTunes. Be sure and join the Dream Talk Radio Facebook page or follow me on Twitter at Anne Hill to get announcements about future shows. Thanks for listening.